This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Brother Douglas, what's going on on Football Love Friday? Freddie, we had an amazing game last night. Yes, we I'm did. feeling good right now. Yes, you I'm are. actually home. I, I got up at three this morning, caught a flight from New York uh-huh. to Atlanta. As soon as I'm done with this show at seven, I'm driving three hours to Alabama for college game day. Wow. I'm ready to roll, man. I'm yeah. caffeined up, and oh, I don't Lord. need to drink caffeine like that. I got really? me a five hour of energy inside of me, Look and I'm now. ready to roll. I'm ready to roll, Freddie. Yeah, well, our staff needs it. You know why? For two reasons. Number one, because it is Football Love Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing my Dak Prescott white jersey with the four in the middle because as a Cowboys fan, we're ready to take on the New York Giants this Sunday. And number two, I got three guys who shall remain nameless. Shannon Penn, oh. Devin Kane, oh. Nick Cardi. Three for three. All three Giants fans. Oh, not Lord. giving me any love right now. I try to do the whole <laughs> thing, get everybody started, and they gave me like the whole, yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah. What, 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 Freddie, yeah. What, what's wrong with them? It's like, it's like they else? got some news or something. Yeah, they got some news because the Giants are listing their tight end, Darren Waller. Uh-oh. He is questionable for the game on Sunday versus Dallas. Two, two, uh, say it with me on three. One, two, three. Hamstring injury. Hamstring. So they're already salty at me anyway. When I came in, I had like the Hurl jersey. And Shannon Penn was like, really? That's what we're doing? And then when they heard that news, they have more salt than at a dinner table on the weekends going to a buffet. Are you guys celebrating injury right now? No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. This is low. No, no, no. Let me stop that right now. Because, see, I'm a former NFL player. And the last thing I wish on anybody. Absolutely. Is an injury. Absolutely. Now, okay, good. I just want to make sure because no, you sound excited. No, right I'm, I, no, 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 no. I, didn't, I was not excited about that, but the fact that you guys acted like the season was over uh-huh. with the looks on your crestfallen faces. So you're if, right. If Darren Waller can't play this year, it's it's not going to be good. Well, I already Sticks think it's not going to be good anyway. But let me tell you why <laughs> this is this was a concern for me when it when it came to the New York Giants uh, and some of their offensive pieces. When you look at Darren Waller, who was injured. Yep. At some point last year, you look at Paris Campbell, who's been injured at some point through his career. Wandale Robinson coming off of an injury last year. Also, Sterling Shepard. Health is a concern. Uh-huh. The common right? word here can, is injury. <laughs> can these guys stay healthy for an entire season yeah. to be able to be available to Daniel Jones, to be available mm-hmm. on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays whenever they're playing? Mr. Devin Kane, is that okay? Is yeah. that okay, Devin? Because we know the best ability is availability. Is availability. 100%. Mm-hmm. I'll allow it. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> All rise for Judge Devin Kane as far as that goes. So we're definitely going to get into more NFL action this weekend. But we are going to the first game of last night because when it comes to the Lions and the Chiefs. The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Although I will say this, Harry. The three principals I just mentioned, those giant fans, Shannon, Devin and Nick, mm-hmm. they were cheesing coming in here about Kadarius Tony, former Giants wide receiver, having th- three drops last night on the whoa, text whoa, whoa, chain whoa, whoa, last whoa, whoa, whoa. night. They so were losing their minds. Yeah. You mean they were praying on another man's downfall? Completely. Completely. Wow. Completely. Oh, no, I didn't pray for it. I just reacted when it happened. 
did. But but he you put, were happy yeah, for he, another man's he, downfall. He was completely thrilled. Nick prayed for it. Yeah, Nick did. <laughs> All right, wow. that's not true. That's yes, rude. it is. Yes, no. it is. But there, there was a little like get on your knees at the right Reverend Nick Cardi to pray for something that already has happened Holmes. before. We just had to hear Tony. about how the Giants were not smart for letting Tony walk. And who got the last laugh? Thank well, you. At least for last night, he he get, he did get the last laugh last year because he got that that not this that AFC Championship ring. That's he got that Super Bowl ring, and your team may not get that Super Bowl ring in another two or three years, as far as that goes. So you can bang on Kadarius Tony all you want. One guy that is not going to do that is Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean I've I've trust in, in KT. Um, he, he he missed a lot of training camp. Um, obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. Um, and, and stuff's not always going to go your way. Obviously, um, he would have wanted to catch a few of those in the game. But I've trusted that he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments. And he's going to make the catch and, 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 and win us some seasons like he did last year. So we're going to continue to work him in, get him more and more reps. Um, and I'm sure that, that those drops will kind of disappear. Now, Freddie, I will say this. If I sat up here and say it, said I'm concerned about the Kansas City t- t- uh, Chiefs, I would be lying. Okay. I'm not concerned because you still have a guy in Travis Kelsey. He's going to be back. Absolutely. And I think that offense is going to look, you know, a lot different than what we've seen it last night. Right. Because in a lot of those moments, that's going to be Patrick Mahomes connect- connecting with Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. A lot of those balls that you may have seen behind a receiver, Travis Kelsey understands zone coverage, and he's going to throttle down and slow down and understand that's what Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to hit him in that window. Right. Now, I will say this, though. On top of Travis Kelsey coming back, I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and, and company, they're going to have to figure out which one of these wide receivers mm-hmm. can be counted on? That's a good point. If something goes haywire, that's a good because point. Because last night was a complete disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, by the who, who's going to be that other dude? A- exactly. When, when Kelsey comes back, I believe it should be Sky Moore. He had a couple of moments. Let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes had him wide open on one play in the second half. He did flat out overthrew him on that kind of play. We saw the magic in the first half, but then he started the second half three of eighteen at Lions defense. They did not have to worry about a guy to game plan against that did not wear number fifteen in red. They looked at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and said, you know what? You got to find somebody else. You better hope somebody else will be able to show up. And there were moments here, there, and everywhere, but not the guy we're used to seeing or the dude to the big dude when it comes to Travis Kelsey. But with Kadarius Tony, Oh, we got to call jobs, Spade Spade. Yeah, you can't have that. They were key drops. No. But that didn't lose the Chiefs the game. There were a couple of times when they got too cute. I know Andy Reid has a lot of trust in what he can do being that mad scientist. But I go to that second down and short in the third quarter. And that third down and short in the fourth quarter where they tried to do a little jet sweep on that one play and they got knocked down behind the line of scrimmage. And then they tried to bring Blake Bell under the center, snap it to him, tried to get cute once again, another jet sweep. And the line snipped that out and, and moved them back. I know you can do those kind of things in your Kansas City, but there's beauty and simplicity, especially when in that situation you didn't need to have all the pizzazz. You just need to get the first down, keep the sticks moving, and keep that line's defense on the field. And, Freddie, I'll tell you, like, my special teams coach I had in Atlanta, Keith Armstrong, he's now down in Tampa, used to tell me, cute gets you beat. We ain't trying to be cute. There's nothing wrong. And, and, and it was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when you look at the two teams, Absolutely. right, the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs in third and short situations, when you've seen the Detroit Lions trying to impose their will, not being cute, getting down here with David Montgomery or running the football with Jameer Gibbs, a guy who forced missed tackle at the missed tackle last night, only being a rookie in the National Football League in his first game. That was the difference. There's no reason to be cute. And also, uh, when you look at the center, you look at offensive linemen, if a defensive player jumps off sides and you can get a free five yards, it's okay for you to move. 
So you don't <laughs> so you don't have to snap the football. It's okay for you to move so you can get a free first down. And then also when you looked at Andy Reid, another questionable thing was, you know, that fourth, fourth and, and 25. 25. Punt the yeah. football. You have three timeouts. And a person wrote me on Twitter when I when I tweeted, why would Andy Reid not punt that football? Amen. And someone wrote me and said he probably didn't believe in his defense. You're talking about that same defense that kept them in the game last night? Exactly. And I, and I get it. The Detroit Lions found their little rhythm running the football. But it, also it was that same defense that kept you in the game. That same defense that shocked a lot of people because they were stopping the Detroit Lions as well, in which who was one of the high-powered offenses, top five, I should say, in the National Football League in 2022. So that defense kept you in it. That defense only gave up 14 points. So, yeah, I'm going to take my chances trying to pin the Detroit Lions backed up uh, in their own end zone when I have three timeouts. And I also know there's right. a two-minute warning, which is another timeout for me as a team if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Andy Reid explained why he decided to go for it on fourth and 25 and not punt the football with three timeouts, a two-minute warning with 209 to play in the game. Yeah, um, I thought that we needed to do that um, at that particular time. They you know, driven the ball on us, and so I thought it was important that um, we gave that a shot. So, oh, we still had some time on the clock. When I heard that last night, that stunned me. I they thought did. we needed to do that. Andy Reid, you're a Hall of Fame football coach. Not every move you make is going to be the right move to make. They didn't need to do that. He decided to do that. 100%. He wanted to do that. But needing to do it, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got three timeouts, a two-minute warning, you back them up, you get a stop. Guess what? You're going to get the ball in the same position when you're only down 21-20. We're not That's talking right. about being down by eight or by nine. I understand it. You're down by one point, especially Dan Campbell literally gave you a gift as Lions head coach by deciding to go for it in that position at midfield on a yes, fourth and did. two and giving the ball <laughs> to Patrick Mahomes on the short field with three timeouts and a two-minute warning. Both of those moves didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I just I didn't understand his reasoning. Uh, when he said that they had to do it. No, they didn't. Uh, because I honestly said to myself, I know this defense is going to get a stop once they point this, uh, punt this football. Absolutely. There's this extra juice that goes through your body that's saying, you know what, we won a Super Bowl last year. They dropped this banner. We have Travis Kelsey out. Chris Jones is not here. We're going to step up and make a play and show everybody else that we can still do it as a defense, in which they have been doing most of the game. Yep. No doubt about right, that. that young, that mm-hmm. secondary, that, them young guys, they played well last night. That was one of the encouraging things, yeah. honestly, that came out of that game for when it, when it came to the Kansas City Chiefs for me is that their defense were able to step up and play well enough for them to still be in the, in the football game as bad as, you know, the pieces that didn't show up in the absence of Travis Kelsey. And one mm-hmm. thing for Kadarius Tony. Okay, one thing. One thing for Kadarius Tony. I can't wait to hear this. Number one, well, two things. Take the visor off. It's nighttime. Why do you have a visor that's tinted? Take <laughs> like, the damn like, like take the sun, damn visor off your helmet. It's like wearing sunglasses at night. When you drop car. one, take the visor off. And then if you're going to drop a ball, drop the ball and let it hit the ground. Don't let the drop <laughs> ball drop and tip into a defender's hand for a touchdown. And and also I would say this. Yeah. This is his third year. Mm-hmm. Time is not on your side. Mm-hmm. This My, is your third year. Yes. By your third year, you need to be things need to be be moving rap, rap, uh, rapidly. Right, yeah, instead of dropping the ball rapidly like yep. he did last night. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Love Friday on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit us up anytime you want on DX at HDouglas83. That's Harry's handle. My handle, the Coleman ESPN. Like this one from my man hanging out with us, Brian Alberts, who says, how about the Lions defense? Coming up clutch 
and no Mahomes game-winning drive, hashtag one pride. I'll say this about the Lions. This is a game they would not have won last year at the beginning of the year and the middle of the year and maybe not the end of the year. I know Lions fans out there say, well, we beat Green Bay. You had nothing to play for. You don't have to worry about that. I'll give you credit for going out there and beating the Packers and keeping them out of the playoffs in the NFC. But let's be let's get let's keep it real here. That's a game because the Lions didn't have their A game. Normally, when you go nope. into Kansas City's den of thieves, you better have your A game because their B game may be better than your A game. The Lions didn't have their A game, but that toughness and that resilience. This is a game, Harry. That I learned a lot about the Lions last night, at least with Game One. This is a game they would not have won last year. And a win like that could do some special things for this ball club down the stretch, right? When you can go into Kansas City and everyone's supposed to be celebrating them and you get a win on the road and, and you figure out how to get it done, in which last year you kind of struggled a little bit in, 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 that, in that category. Right. It, it, can, it can boost confidence moving forward with this football team. And I love the two-headed monster that they have in the backfield. Where I call them thunder and lightning now. With David Montgomery getting downhill, Jameer Gibbs' versatility and being able to do a lot of things. And I'm interested to see how they're going to be able to use him moving forward within this offense. But that offensive line being dominant, being nasty. You see P.N.A. Sewell getting into it, you know, with the linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs and being unapologetic about that and still chirping after the refs had called flags on both guys. I love to see that. That means those guys love the game. Aiden Hutchinson being a damn dog. I mean, doggy dog, too. Making it hell for the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs to, to block him. Because let's be honest now. The, the Chiefs, their defense, I mean, excuse me, the, the Lions, their defense, they're better this year. Mm-hmm. You can't sit up here and tell me that they have premier pass rushes across their defensive line. They just have one guy. You mentioned Aiden the pre-show meeting. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson made things a living hell last night for offensive tackles and offensive guards for the Kansas City Chiefs. In the offensive line that I thought Kansas City was a season ago, Mm -hmm. that is not the offensive line that they are right now in game one after watching what I've seen last night. You mentioned Aiden Hutchinson when he joined Scott Van Pelt, part of SportsCenter SVP. He talked about not just being that dude, that woof, woof, as Harry Douglas said about him, being that dog but being tired of the sick and tired. I, I think we're, we're tired of losing, man. We're tired of being on, uh, you know, the, the poor side of things where you walk away from these games and, you know, it's a close one, but you lose. And I think we're tired of it, man. And, um, man, I, th- I think we're coming this season, dude. You know, even though KC was a little shorthanded on defense and offense, I don't care, dude. You know, I, I don't care. A win's a win, and we're going to carry this momentum, and we're going to keep going. Okay. We'll see about that, carrying the momentum, because the NFL is a second-by-second league, not just That's week right. to week, not just year to year. And you look at the line schedule, you understand why he has confidence. They got Seattle Seahawks at home. That's going to be a pick-em game as far as I'm concerned. Both of those it's teams can make the playoffs. Then they got the Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Buccaneers. Not one team part of that stretch had a winning record last year. So they get past Seattle. This Detroit Lions team could be off to that great start. But if this is going to happen for Detroit, and I love the fact that Lions fans are feeling good. By the way, how did they get all those tickets at Arrowhead last night? I know, that's right. I mean, when they made a play, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this game is in Kansas City. Not saying they were drowning out Kansas City fans, but the Detroit Lions fans, Freddie, they had some the, money. That's they not the Arrowhead it. I played at twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, twice. That's, yeah. that's not the Arrowhead I played. Well, yeah. excuse me, three times. That's not the Arrowhead I played at. Yeah, the the Arrowhead fans. I played at, mm-hmm. it was nothing but red in the building. Exactly. There was nothing but red. There was red and blue mixed in. Lions fans made themselves notice in that ball game last night. So give kudos to them. But if they're going to have any kind of great start, I don't worry about the coach because the coach said, Dan Campbell said, you have to tell me anything about my football team. I knew what I knew already. I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. 
and this is a resilient team. Uh, it already was a resilient team, and we added pieces to that resilient team. So um, we're built to handle some some stuff, and uh, and we did that today against a very good opponent. I want to see what Jared Goff's going to be able to do, because in a quarterback league, in a golden age of quarterbacks, when you take away a guy's running game, can he deliver? When a guy does not have a running game, can he deliver? I've seen Jared Goff deliver when that running game allows him to run that boot action, all those stuff off the running game, the play action, you get the linebacker squeezing down. He can make those throws with play action helping him. There's going to come a time and place where it's not going to be there, Harry, and can he throw this team out of trouble? Can he pass this team out of trouble? To me, that's the pocket that is still empty, no matter what we think about the Detroit Lions before and after last night. I think he's going to be able to do it. I, I like what i seen from Jared Goff last night. There was a play in which, you know, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, was whenever the Detroit Lions wide receivers were in cut splits, cadence splits, closer to the line of scrimmage, yeah. he would bring corner cat blitzes. He would bring the corner on blitzes. And one time, LeJarrius Sneed came off, and I was like, I just knew it was going to be a sack fumble. And he was able to deliver that football on third and long and extended the drive. And I believe they went down and scored on that drive as well. Yeah, they gave him the lead, 21-20. Yep. That gave and let the me lead. say this about Dan Campbell. What about the kahunas on him, Pauls? What about the kahunas <laughs> on Dan Campbell? The grapefruits to go for it at his own 17-yard line. I know. The a fake, fake punt. punt. Yeah. By the way, they, then, yeah, they converted seven fake punts for first down since 2021. Yes, and Freddie. We talked about that fourth and two, and I, you're right. I don't like it. I'm, I'm going to try to back Kansas City up. But I looked at him and read his mouth when he knew they was going for it, and he looked at his offense, and he said, come on. Like, this, y'all know this is what I'm going to do. Make me right. And just his team went out there and got, got them a victory and had his back, man. Yeah, Dan, I love it. Yeah, Dan Campbell, let it be known. We're coming for you, and we're going to do it our way. Lions getting that victory 21 to 20 on opening night of the NFL season, going into Kansas City and taking down the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on this Friday, Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. And somebody out there said, based on last night, the Chiefs' run of being a championship team may be coming to a close. Find out who said that and our reaction to it if you keep it here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is a Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget to tune into your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. I got to make sure I move on because right now, Shannon Penn, our producer, and Harry Douglas, apparently we took them back to 1992. You feel me? Yeah. Yes, Lord. You guys, the, you guys at the sophomore skate party, wherever you were. Look, we got we to ask Mike T his favorite Jodeci song. Come on now, Freddie. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I might do that, but I want Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Great following the X at Real Tannenbaum. Mike, I want you to hear what Dominique Foxworth, former NFL player, Harry Douglas knows him well. We know him as, uh, well as well. ESPN NFL analyst who said that the Chiefs run of being that dynasty Chiefs may be over. I'm in full overreact mode, that's and I'm right. fine with it. It's, it's football season, and that's what we do. And I think that the dynasty is in a bit of a tenuous state because Patrick Mahomes is great. He's going to lift everybody, and he's going to make his team much better. But everybody needs some help. And I know we all can say, well, don't worry. Eventually, Chris Jones will be back. Eventually, Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. will be back. But Travis Kelsey is 34 years old. And once you start getting injured at that age, sometimes those things snowball. So we're going to need – they're going to need to find somebody that's going 
going to be able to make a play in a big moment outside of Patrick Mahomes. All right, Mike, you heard our compadre, Dominique Foxworth. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. That's it, come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. That what are your thoughts? What he had to say? Uh, I'm leaning towards him. You know, I think Travis Kelsey's 34, and I don't know who else is going to step up for them at receiver with a loaded AFC. You know, with Mahomes, they're always going to be right there, guys. But I, I got to go into the season. I think Cincinnati with you know T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are, are sort of discernibly ahead at that position, and uh, I like Cincinnati over Kansas City. Now, you brought up T. Higgins. Let's just say hypothetically that the Cincinnati Bengals don't sign him. Do you see the Kansas City Chiefs being a destination that he could land? Or do you see the Kansas City Chiefs saying this year in the draft, you know what, we got to go get another go-getter that's a pass catcher for our phenomenal quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I just think, you know, given where they are from a cap standpoint and their decision move on from Terry Kill, I think Dick Chris Jones figured out, um, and then keep drafting younger skill players, both at tight end and receiver. With all that being said, let's remember one thing. Number one, number 15, in red, still in this prime. Kansas City's always been able to figure this out. So I'm not concerned about them after what week one. But based on what you just said, there were a lot of drops last night. How much do the Chiefs actually, Mike Tannenbaum, have a wide receiver problem? I think there's something there. You know, Sky Moore... You know, second round pick a year ago, Rashi Rice, second round pick this year, Kadarius Tony came over from the Giants. You know, those guys had consequential drops. And with the margins in our league being so small, you know, what was interesting to me, guys, was I think Andy recapitulated fourth and 25 and you go for it. You know, fourth and five, fourth and eight, I get it. Yeah. Fourth and 25 when there's more than two missing on a game and you have three timeouts, I think what he was saying is, hey, man, we, you know, we can't stop them. And our best shot right now is we got the ball with Patrick Mahomes. So I thought it was a really interesting commentary by his uh, play calling. When you look at the other side of things in the Detroit Lions, how important was that win last night versus the defending uh, Super Bowl champions in terms of building a winning culture in Detroit, Mike T? Yeah, that was huge. I think what Dan Campbell said after was right. You know, wasn't surprised by learned or it was validated, I think is what he said. And, you know, it starts up front. You know, they took Penesul over Jamar Chase and Taylor Decker and Jordan Jackson, Frank Ragnar. They they are big and strong, and there's nothing worse in our sport than when you know your opponent's going to run it and you can't stop it. Um, they're going to be a really physical team, one in which no one's going to want to play. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Hit him on the exit. Real Tannenbaum joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Real quick, did the Lions win it? Or did the Chiefs lose it last night, and why, Mike? 
I'm going to go with the Lions. You know, I think they made enough plays on both sides of the ball. I thought Ian Hutchinson, you know, was dominant up front. Brian Branch, obviously, they're still young in the secondary, but they made enough plays. I think when you go in a situation like that, you have to take it from the champions, and they did. And, again, I was just so surprised that Andy Reid didn't punt to say, hey, we're going to get one three now and get the ball back. And maybe with Chris Jones, you know, that decision would have been different. Now, 2023 has been the year of quarterbacks getting paid, Mike T. <laughs> cash money, baby. We all like that cash money. Who do you see as the next quarterback to get that massive, large contract? You know, it's Dak Prescott, Harry. You know, think about it. He has one year to go after this year. Big cap number. Can't be franchised. And if he has a big year, you know, the new number we're talking about is 55. And it's amazing how high that number has gotten. But, yeah, you're right, from Jalen Hurts to Lamar to Justin Herbert, and now ultimately to Joe Burrow, you know, that's the new floor, $55 million a year. So based on that, how much is this telling us how much the salary cap could go exponentially in the next couple of years in the NFL? Yeah, Freddie, I think we're, we're in this golden age of new revenue coming in from, obviously, you know, gambling and a long-term deal with the union. I think – what we're seeing is teams are saying this cap's going to go up and up and up. And if you're fortunate to have Lamar or Jalen or you know Joe Burr, like you got to get him signed. You can't let him leave. And I think this is a great discussion because what you're seeing is get the quarterback signed. The cap's in a great shape. And if you can't afford another you know position, so be it. And you'll figure it out. But if you have Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, those are the guys that you have to have. Now, Mike T., it would be a disservice if you was to come on this show and I didn't first mention and say, hashtag free the candle. I have my candle right in front of me. Wow, honeysuckle, Mike T. What's the candle that's closest to you right now? I got wow, honeysuckle right here in my hand. What's near you? You know, Harry, I like yourself. I'm, I'm compliant. I'm over at the Double Tree in Bristol, and they don't allow candles. So, you know, I actually try to play by the rules, my friend. <laughs> That's all we need a little candlelight music when it comes to Mike Tannenbaum and Harry Douglas in the NFL, all in the middle of that. Like we mentioned, great follow on the X at Real Tannenbaum. And I did not ask him his favorite Jodeci song, despite Shannon Penn and Harry Douglas trying to edge me on to do that. He is Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN in front Forever, my lady. <laughs> Joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks, guys. Big Mike, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Mike Tannenbaum joining us here. Don't forget, football action this Sunday, part of the first weekend in the NFL. The New England Pages will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Cards begins at 3 p.m. Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. He is Harry Douglas, the fifth member of Joe I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry. You can weigh in and join the talk anytime you want at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You heard Harry mention it. Joe Burrow got all that money from the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to hear how that could affect the Dolphins and their quarterback. This is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in and always tell you you're smart speaker to play ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Remember, Harry, when Jay-Z used to have the 40-40 club? Yeah. Well, now the NFL has a 50-50 club. Uh-oh. There are four members. Jalen Hurts at $51 million a year. Lamar Jackson at $52 million a year. Justin Herbert at $52.5 million a year. And now the latest member of the 50-50 club, Joe Burrow, reaching an agreement on a five-year, $275 million extension. 
219 plus in guaranteed money. What? Averaging 50. <laughs> never gets old. Averaging 55 million per year. He is now the highest paid player, like I said, for now. In NFL history. Yeah, you talk about Deshaun Watson and getting $230 million guaranteed. You look at Joe Burrow, who's going to get 275 over five years with 219 of that being guaranteed. And every bit of it, Freddie Coleman, okay. is deserved by Joe Burrow. Keep going. You talk about a guy that came to a franchise that was looking for uh, a bright side because things had been a little dark and a little cloudy, and he gets hurt in his first year, tears his ACL, only follows that up the next year with the Super Bowl appearance uh, before Aaron Donald got the best of him and Jamar Chase was wide open down the sideline. Right. But before they got to the Super Bowl, the man got sacked nine times. I'm standing on the sideline saying, how in the hell does he not blink? How does he not flinch? Why is he not scared? Why doesn't he care? Why is his mindset still T- straightforward. <laughs> Why does he still have tunnel vision? Right. That's the cool, calm, and collected Joe Burrow. And he follows that season up. That season up, completing 68% of his passes, mm-hmm. over 4,000 yards, and led his team back to an AFC championship game before they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at Joe Burrow, when you look at Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him, if it's one person I know doesn't care about who's on the opposing sideline, right. it's that man right there. Because he has the faith in himself. But it's not just the fact that, you know, he's delivering the football. It's the manner in which he does it. The way he works the pocket. He's sneaky, more athletic than a lot of people give him credit for. And they feel like as long as, or he has come out his mouth and said, as long as he's the quarterback for that organization, they're going to be able to contend for a Super Bowl. You know who Joe Burrow is? Joe Burrow is LeBron James. Here's what I mean by that. When LeBron James got the Cleveland Cavaliers, they instantly became a recognizable team. He made them matter outside of where they were in that area, in that state, in that region. And people did not think, even with LeBron James's greatness, we knew he was going to be great, but no one saw great, 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 great like this. And he made that franchise and that city so much money by making them matter outside of basketball. No one thought in a million years that Cincinnati could become a destination because of Joe Burrow. When he got drafted by the Bengals, they said, man, you're going to be out of there in two or three years. That organization stinks. They're never going to win. And Joe Burrow said, oh, this is the team I I grew up rooting for. I'm going to make this team matter. Not even three years later, we're still going to talk about Cincinnati being a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl contending team because of one guy. And that's not to say he hasn't had help. They've done a great job putting pieces around him. You get a Jamar Chase, you get a T. Higgins, you got Boyd, you got a running game, you got an offensive line. You got guys that want to be there because he's there. He's going to do for Cincinnati, maybe win a championship, what LeBron James did the second time around in Cleveland, and really the first time around where guys wanted to play with him. To me, with this contract, getting that money and what he's done for Cincinnati, to me, Joe Burrow right now is a LeBron James-like figure with the Cincinnati Bengals. I like that. And you – Listen, if if Joe Burrow was uh, a good quarterback who every now and then you felt like you had a chance every now and then, his teammates wouldn't call Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead before they went and played the Kansas City Chiefs in an AFC championship game. That's true. When you have a guy like Joe Burrow who's a dog, who's a gamer, the moment is not too big for him. He's not going to be flustered. You got to pay that man. 
Now, I was only trying to figure out what the hell was taking the Cincinnati Bengals so long mm-hmm. because you had all these other contracts constructed right. and you know you know you knew what Joe Burrow meant to your organization. What was taking so long? Did they purposely do it? Are you saying there was a purpose behind it? What's, did they what's purposely the purpose? do it? What's now, the purpose? I, well, I'll be honest, I hope they didn't. Okay. I hope they didn't. But we're and, here and now. I, what's the purpose? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know why they was taking so long okay. to, to, to actually get the contract done. And I don't know if it was the guaranteed money or whatnot, but as soon as – who was the last person? Justin Herbert? Justin as soon as Herbert. Justin Herbert signed his deal, uh-huh. that deal's supposed to have been done. Yeah, well, it, it, it didn't take long right after it, but, yeah, a little bit longer. But, hey, you don't have to apologize for about to get $55 million mm. per year as a part of that contract. But then you got three other guys who this could affect. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We know it's going to affect Dak Prescott. Right now, yep. Dak Prescott at $40 million a year. And I, I know it's relative. At $40 million, $40 million a year, he is tied for the 10th highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Jerry Jones loves to pay guys. So we know that if Dak balls out, Dak can say, yeah, Joe Burrow got $55 million and I play for the biggest franchise in the NFL. I can. I know I can get close to but being Freddy, in the 50-50 that, club. That's why people talking about, oh, my God, Trey Lance is there. If I'm Dak, what am I worried about Trey Lance for? If I see all these boys getting their money, all Absolutely. I got to do is go out there and ball out, make an NFC championship game or contend for a Super Bowl, and I know I'm getting that money. Right, no doubt about it. But what about Tua talking about Lord? Uh-oh. Because if he balls out, the Dolphins are going to feel compelled to pay him because you don't want that guy getting away. Although this keeps up the quarterback slots where you can go keep sm- getting smaller and smaller and smaller. That means you got a guy you believe in. You might pay, overpay him, a guy like Tua Tagovailoa, to make sure he doesn't think about going somewhere else, even though his availability has always been in question since he started in the National Football League. So I have a question. All when right. it, when you when you look at the Miami Dolphins in their front office, right? So they pick up they picked up Tua Tagovailoa's fifth year option, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What when there were a lot of questions out there if he was going to be able to be healthy and play that season? It's not here yet, right? Right. Do they look at a situation and say, you know what, we're going to allow Tua to play on that fifth-year option and then take care of him after that just to get that extra year? And Do they go to Tua's camp and say, you know what, when a lot of people didn't believe in you, we still believed in you. Yeah. We gave you that fifth-year fifth year option where there were a lot, a lot of questions still. Well, you know, I'm making him play in that fifth-year option. I'm Me not, too. I'm, I'm not renegotiating. I can't, I can't give him no 50-plus million dollars and not knowing he's going to be 100% healthy. Right now, I wouldn't give two a forty million, based on what we've seen. I know we've seen him be able to make kind of plays, but that's a lot of money to co- commit to a guy that may not play a full season, his entire NFL career. Yep. When it comes to Tua Tagovailoa, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this evening on Freddie and Harry. Which game is bigger, Cowboys versus Giants or Jets versus Bills? Plus, why did Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers say that about his team's Super Bowl chances? This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.